0: Mochoa, I have a question for you today, which is out of all of your, the ones that you can think of off the top of your head, out of all of your movie to film adaptions, which ones have, do you feel where the movie, if any, where the movie surpassed the book? Do you have any of these? experiences because the common ad is that the book is always better than the movie. But I was just curious, do you have a do you have a specific instance where you were like, no, that movie was better?
1: You know, I really liked the movie Out of Africa years ago by Isaac Dennison. I hope I'm saying that right. And when I started the book, I didn't get finished with the book, but it was beautifully written. I, either I just didn't finish it or whatever, but the the movie was beautifully produced. So I loved all the... I could not have visualized Africa the way the cameras did. Does that make sense? So I don't think it was actually... I mean, it was written beautifully, obviously, but... um. The imagery and all of that was great, but my imagination was not good enough. So I think I enjoyed the movie there a little bit better than I would of the book, and I didn't quite finish the book because the movie came out and then, you know, hey, that was done, but I didn't quite finish the book. But I do love the beginning of that um, uh, where they describe Kenya and all of that, the book itself, and I would use it when I taught geography I would use it to as a model for how to describe a landscape. It was it was it was marvelous. At least the very beginning of it. But it's kind of the, I wouldn't read the whole book to kids. It was just that very beginning because it was all about um, the landscape. And then I put the the book up and wouldn't let the kids read it because it has you know it's not it's not for kids. But it was beautifully written by Isaac Dinson, who is actually a woman. That was her pseudonym.
0: Can yeah, I answer your question? Yeah, yeah. You know, I was I was trying to think of this because I've always said the reason this was on my mind is because I started. I've been. I, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast. Maybe I have, but I've been struggling to read fiction be, since like COVID started. Mm-hmm. It was like everything I read, like I just and you know, like I don't know. I felt like there was there was so much going on in America, and there's so many problems and stuff. I just feel like in, like I haven't been able to invest myself into fiction. I read some mid grade stuff this year and some YA because I needed to check, you know, some books for kids and, you know, share some reading experiences. That was kind of like, you know, it takes me like a few days to get through one of those. So that's not like mm-hmm. what I consider diving into fiction. Um, but like my reading fiction life has kind of died. So I've been kind of on the, the look for uh, just fiction books that connects to me. And I, I've been playing for people. that don't know. I'm a big gamer. I play games all the time, like video games, whatever. Um, i been playing a game. That's kind of like a, like a funny mafia story kind of. Uh-huh. And I was like, you know what? I, I love mafia movies. First of all, it's like one of my favorite kind of movies. Like the departed is in my top, uh, top two movies. It's like the matrix and the departed are like my two favorite movies of all time. Have you ever seen oh, the, departed? Like
1: the matrix? I, um, I feel like I have. Oh
0: man, if you haven't seen it, who's in we, it? Tell we me. You gotta in make it. a movie night with me in oh, I, here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Who's, who's in it?
0: I, uh it's got Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson. I mean it's I got a all
1: in it. I know which one you're talking about. No, I've not seen that because oh. I think it came out um my husband for some reason didn't like Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> but I did I did talk him into doing the Revelent We did talk him into that one. Right, But he was one of these guys. A remnant. I know. I said it wrong because I'm not looking at it. But one of the things is is I did get him to see that, and he really liked it. But then when I tried to show him another one, he's like, nope, I still don't like him. And he just won't. If he didn't like the person, you're not getting it. It was really hard because he would send me in. We love to watch movies. We did it all the time. That's actually how we met was going to a Star Wars movie. We met in line. So, that was kind of interesting. So, movies have always been our go-to. You know, he loved movies more than he loved to read. So, we went to a lot of movies. But then, if he would read something about one of these characters, one of these actors, and he didn't like something about them, he was like, okay, we're done. And then, it finally got where it was really hard because he couldn't walk around. You know, he got where he couldn't walk, so I would have to go in and pick a movie. Do you know how hard it is to pick a movie for someone who doesn't like just about every major <laughs> actor, like Leonardo? Like, I mean, like most of those people, he was like. And so then, or he would like get real emotional. So like, he would be mad. like, if he was mad at a friend or something, and if that movie had something to do with whatever that friend did, forget it. I mean, I had to, I had to really think about all the different. Talk about thinking about getting a movie for an audience. It was really hard. So anyway, that's all I remember from you. That, I think that's probably why I did not see The Departed, because half of those people, he was like, nope, done with them. Nope, done with them. I, they uh, would do something, or he was like crazy like that. Especially so once he got really, really sick. So it was kind of interesting.
0: It's literally so good. One of my favorite movies of all time. I'll watch it. Anyway, that, that wasn't even I'll, the point. I'll
1: watch it. We'll have a
0: talk about it. Yeah, watch we, it. I mean, I think... I don't know. I I'll don't watch know. it. I, I or I'll it read me. it. I'll read it. Did you and read so, it? Well, no. Th- see, that's the point. I, that was my bridge to what I was actually going to say. So, like, I love ma- like mafia gangster movies and stuff. That is not one that was written, I don't think. I'm pretty sure it's a Scorsese film.
1: But, is it just a – oh, it's a Scorsese. Okay.
0: But my point was is that I was like, what – I was like, well, I want to read a book that's kind of like this, like that's kind of got that gangster vibe. And stuff. Like I was like, you know what? I got an old copy of The Godfather I have up there that I've never
1: oh my really God. fully
0: – read so i I grabbed the godfather and i was starting to read it and you've seen the godfather yes
1: oh have i seen I, the godfather let me tell you i <laughs> i can do the lines i can tell you what's about to come up because that was one my husband loved the godfather nobody could have ever he loved every actor there he never got mad at them we watched that over and over all so, of them. i have all i have the whole series i have them all yeah. i mean i have all the movies so that's and i have the books
0: I I love The Godfather as well and I was mm-hmm. like I just I've always liked the movies better and I like I bought the book and then I read some of it and I was like man but I jumped back into it and I've actually been enjoying it so my answer has always been The Godfather is better than the book but now I'm jumping back into the book I don't know like the the way they they portray you know Don Corleone and stuff like that mm-hmm. like it's it's such a great characterization I mean it's a little on the nose in terms of writing. Like it's, I don't think it's very literary, so to speak, but I don't know. I think it, I think it it's stands a great on story. Its, yeah, it is. It's interesting, but I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. it's fascinating how the different mediums can capture. So, but if I'm not mistaken, I think Mario Puzo, the guy who wrote uh mm-hmm. the book, I he think he helped the script. He either helped or he wrote the script. So um yeah. I could be wrong. There's probably okay, someone so- who's way more into this than I am that knows. the Well,
1: a- another, Another one movie, but it was a mini series. They used to do mini series all the time. I guess they still do. I don't know. But the Far Pavilions. Are you familiar?
0: That no, but I, you thought you I, about, I thought you were gonna talk about Lonesome Dove.
1: <laughs> That's where I thought. Oh, you like, yeah, were going. it would be one like that. Yeah, but it was the Far Pavilions. I love the I've read it and I love the way it's written and I love the way it was uh, shown on television. I love the far pavilions. That was such a great, and actually we probably wouldn't, this is probably political, but we would probably not have gotten into some wars that we got into about 20 years ago. If we had read the, if our, if our leaders had read the far pavilions, cause it all talked about that, that was, do you know anything about it?
0: I don't. I've never even heard of this.
1: Okay, well, the Far Pavilions, uh, you know, is a historical fiction, which that's my favorite genre. As a matter of fact, I'm reading a historical fiction right now. That's real. That's kind of based on real. But anyway, um, uh, the Far Pavilions uh, is of that time and period when um, uh, Great Britain was at war with Afghanistan. And there's a there's a line in there that said nobody ever wins, and this was way. I mean, the Russians the Russians might have been in Afghanistan at that time, but this. I mean, if you had read this, but it's about one of the princesses. Yeah. in someone India. someone
0: who was very observant about that time mm-hmm. period.
1: Yeah, and I can't right now, I can't tell you who, but I loved, it was it was a great book. It, it's a series as well,
0: a series. I have to, I'll have to check that out. I love historical Far fiction. but Ladies and gentlemen, this is Crafted Draft. That's Pam Ochoa. I'm Jacob Chastain. We're here to talk about Reading, Writing, Workshop, and pretty much everything in between. As we podcast and get more into the groove of this show and go back and forth, you know, it's just, I just love the meanderingness of of a lot of it, having great questions, getting to know each other. Hopefully you guys are joining in, either shaking your head, saying Chastain the Departed is horrible, Godfather is clearly better than the book, or maybe you don't, I don't know. If you have questions, you can submit them at craftanddropworkshop.com. We love answering questions. We're probably, hint, hint, going to be going live at some point over there on the Facebook page. You need to go like us over there on Facebook. But today, in the meantime, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about breaks. Believe it or not, it's summer We're podcasting right now, and we're not stopping podcasting, but breaks are good to talk about. I felt like we should address this because maybe like two episodes ago, maybe last episode, I don't really keep track, one of our episodes was that summer PD vibe all about going into training in the summer and keeping the PD up, but it's also good to take breaks, but I'm sure during this episode, we're going to talk about how Pam and I are horrible about taking breaks, but we'll, we'll see... What happens as we dive into that here on Craft and Draft? Already, Pam. Let's just get right to it. Are you good at taking breaks? Yes or no? No gray area.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm shaking my head. No, <laughs> I, I don't take. I mean, if I'm not, I, I don't take breaks. It drives people who crazy, like my mom. So
0: why is that? Because here in the the teacher community. You know, it's, it's very big for people to talk about wanting to take breaks and to use their summer wisely and use their, you know, winter break wisely and all of that stuff. And don't, don't take any work home. Don't do any that. So why is this a struggle for you? Why is this a struggle for teachers in general? But let's, that's the big question. We'll get to that in a minute. So for you though, like, why is it, why are breaks not hardwired into how you operate just as a professional and just as a person?
1: I don't know. I guess it's, I I think it's hard. I think it's my DNA because um, I I really, you know, my parents were uh, coaches and teachers and my dad always worked. My mother always worked. My aunt who has, was a teacher for 50 years is still, she listens to us once in a while Always works, and so she's always telling me, "You've got, you can't be like the rest of us, Pam. You've got to stop." And I'm like, "Okay, Miss Fifty Years, I'll stop whenever you know I get to fifty. I don't know, man. I, she uh, did
0: fifty years,
1: fifty years in education. She sure did. Wow. And she's a math what? teacher. I'm at thirty five. Are going you got some
0: time to catch up to? Her I know. I
1: I know it. Now, my parents, they were they were about forty years. Mom was 30. Mom's probably got the least amount, but she stayed home with us. So that's still a teacher because she taught me how to read. Yeah. Because we didn't have kindergarten back then because, you know, that's how old I am. No they they had how to read I on
0: cave go. paintings, and
1: <laughs> yeah, I know I know how to do all those hieroglyphics. I got it no, um, I know I think, but my dad always worked, and you know as a coach that's that's a year round I mean you're always dad- my dad would always have an open gym, and everybody I even ran into the guy that remodeled my house. The, you know no part of my house anyway he didn't do all of it but uh he was he came over they got him you know insurance people kind of find out he was like so so where are you going to go stay so i go stay with my dad you know oh who's your dad you know so i tell him he's like oh my gosh your dad he used to open the gym for us and this guy is older than me so he's at least that was in the 70s so my dad would have open gym all, year, all summer long, because it was before all these stupid rules. I'm sorry, did I say stupid? But there's a lot of regulations that I think hurt. I mean, I like, that might be good or bad, but you know, they always had, so the kids always had somewhere to go because they always would have open gym. And then my dad would always, he would work at the airport. He would, he also flew planes and he would fly people, he would build stuff for people. He was always working. And my mother always had another job as well. Uh, they also ran the public swimming pool at times. So, I mean, there was always a job going on. So, I think it's just ingrained that you just, you work. If you're not working, you're volunteering. So, I do volunteer, some volunteer. My parents do more than I do, but they do prison ministry. They do all kinds of stuff. So, I think it's, I think it's been modeled for me. So, I think my mirror neurons all, is this what is, it's all
0: about. That's interesting, and uh, I have a lot to say to that. But you said something there that I was thinking about the other day that I feel like I should touch on, which is I was thinking about how so in so Dave Burgess Consulting, who has published my last book, and they're publishing my new book. Um, they have what's called like a sensitivity reader. You know, they read a book. But it's just someone to point out stuff that might not have come across the way the author intended, right? Sometimes it is the way the author intended. And they're like, yes, mm-hmm. I meant to say that. Like, if you get offended by this, then so be it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just to have that because sometimes we, you know, we don't, all, if we don't want, if we're, our intent isn't to offend, then that's usually not what we want to keep in something. Anyway, right. everyone should have a sensitivity reader. But in our conversation, because that's what I ha- I can't ever just talk to someone about stuff. So, when we're having this conversation about the book and stuff, she was telling me about um, this kind of like reverend, you know, who has literally just spent his life, you know, dealing with the people who society has kind of cast out. Right. You know, like the lowest of the low, you know, the the people in prison, you know, homeless people, you know, like people who Mm -hmm. that like, you know, like it's like, yeah, we're sad, but society moves on. We don't have time for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was just that was like stuck with me. And I was my I I had just been recently thinking like hardcore about like, what if like bringing like writing workshop to like a prison? Like what? I mean, just think of the power That this could do for a lot of people that who are have been, you know, silenced by a system that literally encloses them and says you're no longer human. Like I was just thinking about, like I don't know if I would ever do that, but like the, I, I, philosophically speaking, it's it's something that I think a lot of us don't ever think about. But it, it just got me thinking, and you mentioning that is like just the, the power of literacy for people who are shunned by society rightfully and wrongfully, I think is interesting and how I think what we do, it just touches on so many facets of that. So that's interesting that your parents do that. And that that was just a a weird connection to that. So, but you're, so your parents, you know, they're still, I know they're, 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 you know they're getting up in age, and they've had some COVID scares this year and whatnot. Yeah, but mm-hmm. so are they still as active as as they were? Like, are they still going out and doing things?
1: Well, yeah. Like my dad just came over and moved my entire classroom into my other room. So, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, they they do that. Um he helped me. And and uh, but yeah, they still do the prison ministry and uh they do service. Mom mom spent all day today uh that she does she leads an art class and so uh they spent all day today uh designing sets for vacation bible school. So that's what she did all day today, and then dad does he hands out Gideon Bibles and things like that. And then they've got a prison ministry s- segment coming up, and they go in. They go in for—when uh, they go in, it's, it's it's hardcore. Like, they go in. Uh, my dad does. He, they sit with those prisoners, and they—
0: Well, and they're appreciated, too. Like, I imagine the oh, people yeah. who—because it's, it's someone willingly coming in— to a place Mm -hmm. where most people don't even think about, right? Like when people get locked away, like we don't, we don't think about prisoners like in our Mm -hmm. everyday lives.
1: Right. And you know, they just, and of course there's been several times that there's, they've run into their students that they've had. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so that that's happened a few times, but for the most part, yeah, they really respect. They, I, I tell you what, Jacob, you know, your book, your first book, you know, of course, um, the first book that I mean, the one you just did, the Teach Me Teacher book. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you talk about how teachers impact you, and that's one of the things that they really seem to respect my my father for is the fact that he was an educator and he made you know a difference and stuff like that. So, anyway, it's, it's pretty neat. Um, so yeah, I think I think um, I think I think what's neat about my situation is I'm really close to my parents, right? They were educators and there's no place like just the other day. Somebody who had my dad in 1972 ran into him or no 73 ran into him and said, um, told him he just had him in math. It was not one of his, his, uh, players for basketball it was a math student. And he said, that he remembered something my dad said and he's like a multimillionaire now. And he tells everybody that my dad was the one who made the difference. He would not have been able to do what he did if it were not for my dad. So he, you can, you know, on Facebook, there's a surgeon the other day, put my dad on Facebook with him, you know, took a picture, but this is the guy that made a difference. So, I mean, so, so I guess what I'm saying is we we don't always see the kids that we make a difference with. We really don't, right? I mean, how many children actually have gone by? We don't We don't know what happens to them. I mean, that's one of the things about education that I think makes it kind of difficult. You don't see an end product. You see a passing process. And so you don't always, you know, they're still in, especially in middle school. We don't get to see where they end up. But what's neat to have my parents, and my mom has these same things, is to see that at my parents, you're right. They're they're in their upper. My dad's 79. Okay, so they are at that age, right? My dad started teaching in 1965, and we still have people that they run into that they say, "I made it because of you." And so, to me, that's encouraging for me because then that means. Maybe I'm making that kind of difference. I might not have those people, uh, you know, every once in a while I'll run into somebody and they'll say it. But what I'm saying is just, it it's a lifetime of a difference is what we're making. Your book, I think, stated that. So I think if you're, you know, maybe let this be an encouragement that, um, to anybody out there that's not sure if you're making a difference, I'm, I'm telling you, you are.
0: Well, and you that's, are. I mean, right there is, I think that's so important to think about because, uh, part of that book you know there there is a a savior mentality that i put in that book that i wish i could have kind of scrubbed a little bit but i think the overall message is correct in the sense that you know it's it's not a teachers aren't saviors but we just by being who we are we can be to a lot of people if that makes sense right it's not mm-hmm. it's not our job to save people but because of our unique position in the lives of human beings so we can not be, it's the same relationship with people that go to church a lot with their pastor that like, I've, I've met people who are so ingrained in their stuff, you know, and I, this is, <laughs> we're going deep on this one. I had so when my, well, when my, uh, when my grandma died, by the way, this is like the first death that I ever like had to deal with on a, just like on a realistic level. This happened when I started working with you, right? Remember? Yeah, it was remember. like at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. and I was kind of weirded out by it because I was like, I don't, I, I shouldn't really know how to handle that so we when we went, you know, we went to the like church service and so my grandma's like she lives out in the country, very southern uh, family, you know. She she was like 78, I believe, something like that. So she was uh fine, but she was she was the one out of my grandma and grandpa, we, we thought she was gonna be the one that lived the longest, but her cancer came and it went to her brain and then it, it was wow. over. But we I remember sitting in like the like at the funeral and like listening to the pastor like tell stories about her and I was just thinking I was like he was a teacher right like he was a, a an educator in a in a different life but still an educator and I think the the stories that he told like he told one story of uh he said like she would always be the one like cutting up in the, in the back, right, talking to her friends and stuff like that. And one of her friends, like, raised her hand and said, like, yeah, that's what we do. And I was like, I knew I got it from somewhere, but the, <laughs> you know, and she would have yelled at me if I had ever done that. But it, it was so interesting to hear him speak like that. And then he told us a story about, like, when she was kind of, you know, when she knew things weren't looking great, right? You know, she was reading a lot of her Bible. She was doing that. She was always – you know, a devout Christian and whatnot. She's reading it and she called him. this is a story he told. He was, she called him and was talking about, wasn't there a thing that talks about like people turning into eagles when they die? And, you know, he, he pointed her to the verse and so like, those are the stories I remember because I think mm-hmm. why it hit me is because I, I've never had a good relationship with the religious side and kind of all of that. But I, I do have a positive relationship with Teachers who make a difference by like sharing stories and being able to talk and to tell these things and connect in a certain way people that have I've I felt comfortable like talking to and reaching out to and just that process of having someone you trust that's in your life weekly right like, mm-hmm. in a pastor it might be it might be twice a week once a week whatever it depends on how long you go for a teacher you know it's five days a week. For 180 days, right? And that's a lot of time to be with someone. And that effect that you have on someone just by being a good person, just by supporting them, just by being the person who like, maybe they're having a bad day and you have created an atmosphere in your classroom to where they can come and feel comfortable, relaxed, even if they're not into your class always, or you, they know that this is a a safe place. Place that's a really unique situation that teachers are in. I think this connects back to this uh, inability to take vacations a lot of the time for us, is because of that. Is it's, I mean, for 180 days of the school year, I am deeply invested in the lives of the kids in my classroom, I'm invested and how they show up. I'm invested in their families and, and, what I can offer them to support them at a, at a family level. And at a, all, all there's so many levels, academic, social, emotional, all of these things. And so you take that away from me for two weeks for Christmas, a week for Thanksgiving, two months for summer. And I, it's like, I'm lost, right? This year, <laughs> I'm less lost because, because I looped up with my kids. So many of them are like, they've been sending me writing and stuff. So I've still had that communication, but they, it's still weird. And I think that teachers, I think this directly connects to why we struggle to take a break because it's not, you know, it is that we love the work. We love teaching. We love the pedagogy. We love learning. You and I are representations of that. We've read between us, probably literally thousands of professional development books and research articles and et cetera, et cetera but uh, it, it's it's the lives and that that impact that keeps us it's like it's because there's such a large purpose you know it's like you hear this when you talk about business people you know it's and I don't think business and education are a direct correlation but like passionate people that are in business like like when Steve Jobs talks and I know, I know a lot of people hate Steve Jobs and they hate um, who's the guy that runs Amazon Uh Whatever his name is. I can't think of it off <laughs> the top of my head. But like you know, they, they don't like – they don't like these people, right? Like, they, like they're like, oh, you know, there's whatever and Bill Gates and everyone or, or whoever. Name any big person.
1: It's uh, it's Bezos, and I didn't have to look it up.
0: Yeah, Jeff Bezos, right? Bezos. Yeah, Bezos.
1: Bezos. That's it.
0: And that so – but they when they talk about this stuff when they talk about their passion for their work and how like dedicated they were it's it's they they understood that what they were doing was life-changing and it really was whether you like them or not what all of these big billionaires did was life-changing you don't become a billionaire by not being so devoted to something that is life changing for society. So that I think that's an interesting thing is that teachers we're not billionaires which is interesting but I I would argue that the relationships we build I think it makes us more rich than a lot of these people because it's it's like how many people can say like your parents that like they're st- Still responsible for affecting so many people in their lives, mm-hmm. and they're not in mansions. They're not rolling in the dough. You know, they still have bills to pay. And honestly, they're probably worse off because they worked longer than they should have. Um, but it's that legacy. I think is interesting. I don't. Do you think that that connection is real? Is because of the just the work that we do is why it's hard to take a break.
1: Oh, I think so, and I think it. it, it I think what we do is inspire and I think it's inspiring and who doesn't want to be inspired so you know like I've been doing that training right to me that training inspired me and I want to share that with other teachers because I know that if I can share that with other teachers and even if it's just one teacher that's you know if everybody else didn't show back up for the training but only one person stayed all the way through to the end right
0: totally by the way i had more
1: than one person stay through the end but anyway the whole (laughs) point is let's just say that happened um hypothetically but but let's just say that did if that one person goes out and see and and each year this has changed that person's life just think about how many other lives you're indirectly impacting and so, when you put those numbers to what you're able to do, to me, it is hard to take a break. It's hard. It's hard to, you know, life is short, and it's and you want to do as much with that time that you have as possible. And I've just always in building those relationships and acting upon those relationships, I think, are very important. It so, drives me.
0: Well, here's the interesting thing, and I, you know, I just when cuz i i've had this debate a lot which is you know people and this is i don't know i follow a lot of teachers and i listen to a lot of conversations around this so this might be influenced by that but a lot of people stress that you know i am an educator but education isn't my life i don't feel like that at all do like i like, this is me. I don't have two podcasts, you know, two books and like all of this stuff because I don't, I'm not obsessed with this. You know what I mean? Like, none of this is a capitalization on a market. It is literally my obsession with doing this. I could, I don't think I could come on here and talk to you for an hour. Every single week barring every other conversation we have in the week by the way people like this isn't <laughs> we have the conversations <laughs> we're having right now is just what we do right I showed up mm-hmm. uh like I saw you the other day and we still went into kind of like a fifteen minute diatribe or whatever so it is Fine. it is what it is but like this is i I eat live and breathe education because it had it had such an impact on me but it's like my purpose almost like as a person has been crafted around what education is. It's why I'm passionate about it. It's why I talk about it all the time because it's like, I'm I'm i the job is so important. I feel like I can't, it's not even like I feel like I can't take a break. It's that I don't want to take a break. Does that make sense? Like Mm -hmm. I have, it's like I have to keep going now. I, I have to, shut down certain things, right? Like <laughs> I, I can't stay, uh, I can't do one thing forever because I have to, I have so many things I'm juggling. Summer is like my big podcast time because I have to kind of bank stuff because the beginning, like first few months of teaching is chaotic at our campus. <laughs> like I know I'm going to be incredibly busy and whatnot. So all of those things, like I have to kind of juggle how I handle stuff and whatnot, but it's still, it's like this dedication to stuff. So when, even when like, I do go on vacation, like we go we didn't go on vacation this year because we just bought a new house, so our vacation this year is like us just like you know redoing our house and enjoying the new house that we bought and whatnot mm-hmm. but uh usually you know we go to the beach or something like that with my son and my wife, and we'll hang out, but even like then, I've always worked always on something like I'm not like hardcore doing stuff, but I'm building stuff. I'm planning things. You know, my wife's a teacher as people know. So it's like, you know, we'll talk lesson plans and pedagogy and she's, she's going into her third year of teaching. So now she's starting to talk language really well about teaching. So now we're, you know, now we're starting to really kind of go back and forth. And then I have you and all my other teacher friends. So it's like the, br- when it comes to breaks, it's like, I understand the need for a break because I do, I do get burnt out, right? Like I do, like, I'm just like, okay, I don't even want a lesson plan right now. (laughs) Like I, whatever, but like my breaks are like hours, you know, or like a day, like going on, like an extended stay is intense for my brain. It's almost like punishment to me in a lot of ways, because it's, it's also it, for me, it goes back to, uh, creativity too, because like, create creativity is how like I process stress, you know, everyone, like some people go to exercise and I exercise, I exercise today. Actually, I'm very proud of myself, but like the, like you know, that, yeah, but that doesn't make me happy. Like I don't like, I, it does do a little bit, but like, I don't like, I'm not excited to do that. It's just like something I do because I don't want to have a heart attack when I'm 50. Right. But the, I uh, it's, it's the work and the creation and and whatnot that really does, it drives me as a professional and someone – and so when I don't do that stuff, I literally get more cranky. Like my, like, like I'll be cranky and the wife will be like, all right, you just need to go put your headphones on and go make a song or something and, and go do that because I do all the music for Teach Me Teachers. So it's just like you go do that and and do your thing but – I don't know, man. I, I do understand it, but you're – the reason we were talking about this is because you're about to go on vacation. You're like, I'm deucing out. I'm leaving for a few days. I'm going to go party. So like I, I my oh, genuine party? question to you is – yeah, I know <laughs> you'll be at the clubs and whatnot, but the oh, – yeah. just kidding. But you, so when you're out, right, when you're on this vacation, are you going to have – is there going to be a level of uh, – Guilt? Are you going to feel good about it because you've been doing such an intensive training leading up to this in the middle of summer? You've been doing it for people that don't know. You've been doing like a three week intensive writing workshop training for educators, um, four days a week for th- the last like three weeks or so. So are you going, is this like your time to breathe or by mm-hmm. the end of it, will you start getting antsy?
1: Yeah. I mean, I start, I spend a lot of time towards the end of start thinking about all the stuff I still need to do or what I need to do again. But, um, all those people that I mentioned a second ago, we're all going on this vacation together. And then my sister's joining us. And so, um, it's funny because when my husband was sick, I couldn't go anywhere. I didn't take any vacations for the most part because he was sick. And, and then, um, My sister's husband got sick, so uh, so right after I became a widow, my aunt, my mom, dad, and aunt always took at least one summer vacation, and they all went up to this fan, you know, to to this place and up in the Ozarks. And so, um, of course, you know when they go, they're like, "Oh, well, we went to see this school, (laughs) and we went saw this college." this museum and you know that kind of stuff and then they love shows They go to all these shows so because i mean we just my dad loves the shows so anyway the thing is is when i became a, a a widow that not the first year but the second year my dad was like mom and dad are like well you're joining us and so i just go with them and uh And then Karen became a widow. My, my sister, she became a widow. And so now she's going, so this is her second year to go with us. So, uh, my husband's been gone for four years. So, so this is, um, will be my third time. So, uh, so I'm just going because my parents, I just, as you can tell, I'm very close with my parents. So where they go, they expect me to go and, you know, I can't, I can't not go. And so they inspire me because guess what we talked? about the whole time we're all educators and guess what we talk about education we do other stuff too though we have fun but uh mainly my sister and i we sit in the back and we listen to all of them because they all have they all have kind of hearing problems so it's kind of funny because they they get in a circle so we we kind of have fun we we kind of people watch and we watch them yeah somebody's got to take care of them
0: yeah, and I think that's – that. that it, it's a good thing and uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I envy the the closeness that you have and, you know, it's just something that is – it's foreign to me. So like I – <laughs> it's one of those things like I can talk about it with people but it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't
1: know. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad you're doing that. Yeah.
0: And then like well, even with me and my son, like he's autistic. So like even our relationship is different than a typical relationship. Right. So it's like there's I, – I don't really – even in my own life, it's kind of like a weird mm-hmm. uh, thing. What were we about to say?
1: No, I was just going to say, yeah. And then my other vacations have been to go see my my son, you know. So, and I'll take off and drive on my own. I I I just do things on my own. I don't wait on people. So I've gone to, you know, Arizona. I've gone to. I've done the whole South. I've gone all the way up to Illinois and back down. And I just go on my own if I have to go. I don't wait on people. I go to movies by myself too. I just do things.
0: I, I love the movie theater i really do
1: i do too and when if you go by yourself you're always guaranteed a seat it'll be sold out (laughs) (laughs) it'll be sold out right but there's always that one seat in the middle that nobody wants to sit in and then i come and ruin it for both couples it's like i walk in and go oh i'm sorry excuse me excuse me i sit down i get all you know we're ready and it's always the very center is the best seat in the house but nobody wants to sit next to somebody so i so it's always that one seat and I'm like, Oh, y'all have an opening right there? I'll sit right there, thanks. And I just go and and oh, hello, how are y'all? Oh, good, good, okay. And then I just kinda and they're all like going, Oh my gosh, I thought we were gonna have a moment without somebody here. That's hilarious. But you always get a good seat. I can tell you that right now.
0: You know, we uh, my wife and I, we've been wanting to go for a while. You know, we my son doesn't like movies. He gets overstimulated by like audio stuff, so yeah. he doesn't watch TV or movies or anything. So when we go, it has to be just us. We've been we've been since COVID, so over a year. Nah. Um, I think the last movie I saw in theaters was Midsummer, which is a horror movie.
1: Um, oh, okay. No, I don't do that genre very well.
0: Incredibly dark. For people who have seen it, they know. But it is. Yeah, I'm. Um, I, I like horror in the sense I like horror fiction too. Like Clive Barker is one of my favorite writers for a long time, but. Um, And he gets a bad rap, but he, you know, he wrote Hellraiser and stuff, but his writing kind of moved beyond that. It it became really artistic and he started merging his own art with his writing in weird ways, which I thought was really interesting as a kind of young adult and whatnot. I've kind of grown out of it at this point, but very interesting artist. I've always loved, that's kind of like my metal vibe too, you know, I listen to metal music. So like that have a, you know, the, the darker side, like it's always spoke to me. A little bit, but I've always liked Clive Barker because he always used the darkness to talk about the divine, which I thought was an interesting contrast. It's not like, you know, Stephen King. You know, he write You know, a lot of his stuff is it's very dark and like kind of built on the monster. It, Clive Barker always thought was more of a, a writer who focused on the darkness to highlight the light of the world and whatnot. But in any case, to wrap this up, I have a just a, a final thing to this, which is, you know, when it comes to taking breaks, what do you consider your ideal? Like what do, how do you refresh, right? Because some people might be listening to this and they're like, I don't know what y'all are talking about. I'm on the beach. I'm living my best life. I'm sipping mimosas, <laughs> whatever. Like, you know, they're they're doing their thing. And you know what? If that's you, high five, let's go. You're still listening to the podcast, rate and review, right? But like if someone is like, what's your way of, of decompressing your, your ideal way. I know you're going on vacation and what, is that your ideal break or what's your, what's your ideal, uh, just, just breather to get refreshed, to go back?
1: I like to listen to music. So sometimes I'll just listen to, you know, I'll have my music going and then, um, uh, I'll read some, but I do like to watch TV and sometimes I'll do puzzles I'll sit and just do a puzzle, and I like to do crafts, so I like to learn something new all the time, like crocheting. I found my crochet bag. I'm excited, and knitting, and then sewing, which this last, you know, during COVID, I did a lot of sewing, um, so I just like to do different types of things, but but um, I guess I learn things is what I do. I know that's weird, but to me, that's but, but it's not necessarily education that I'm learning about. It's just like a, a thought will pop into my head and then I'll like start learning all about that one thing. And then when I'm done with it, then I go to something else. Um, I like to, I don't know, I go, to, I go to church and I do things like that and just kind of make sure I have at least one day every week where I'm not really doing anything that's school related. And that's what I try to do. It's usually Sunday. I mean, I'm doing something because I go to church and I do all that, but I try to make it more of a family day if I can. Yeah, it's a refresher. Mm-hmm. And that's then I just get. stop. Yeah, go ahead.
0: I'm sorry. I was going to say, that's why we haven't tradition recorded on Sunday because you're like, nope, that's my day. You stay away yeah, from that. Stay, stay away. <laughs> away.
1: Stay away. Now, um, we do sometimes, every once in a while, if we have to. I mean, but. Um, I also like to watch, um, I get involved in series. So right now I've been watching Burn Notice. These are old series. So I like little spy movies and stuff like that, the spy shows. So right now it's a really good little thing. So I, I do that and uh, sometimes I journal. I don't know. I just, I just kind of, oh, I know what I really like to do. Now I'm thinking about it. I work in the yard. That's what I do. Especially when my husband was sick, I couldn't go anywhere. So I would go to my backyard and I would fail as a gardener. That's where we and I had potatoes. Yeah, I grew a whole garden. I had I had corn and squash and yeah, I spent a lot of time out there. I've I've built a patio. I've um you know, not properly, but I have built a patio i laid i've laid uh stone and all that stuff out there and uh grill i i, I did i was the one that did all the grilling and uh it's not i think the wind kind of got knocked out of me with my husband and then I got sick with um you know I've had to have some surgeries after he died and so uh I'm trying to get back into the into that I just can't do it right now. I'm, I'm. So my my plan is next spring to get started again, but I haven't done that lately because I just I couldn't
0: there for a little while. Well, that's how it is, right? It is. Mm-hmm. I th- I think this whole lifestyle is just balancing the things that refuel us and keep us going. And mm-hmm. some people it's training, some people it's reading, some people it's gardening some people's video games. Like I love I love vegging out. I play pretty much every new game that comes out. I probably spend too much money on it. But, like that's a great way to like turn off my brain for like six hours. But then like, what's funny is my guilt kicks in and I'm like, ah oh, crap, I gotta do something. So I stop doing that and then I do something productive and you know, it, is. it is what it is. But ladies and gentlemen let us know what you do to take a break. This has been the Craft the Draft podcast. We're talking about vacation because Miss Cho is going on vacation leaving me all, right. all alone. In this fear. Just kidding. But she's going off and enjoying her time. How do you enjoy your time? You can respond, answer, or ask your own questions over there at craftthedraftworkshop.com. At the top, it says submit a question. Submit whatever you like. Use a real name, fake name, whatever. doesn't matter. We'll share it on the podcast. We may use it as an intro question. We may use it for a whole podcast. We were... Practicing doing a live episode this whole time. So be looking out for live stuff. If you want to be a part of a live episode where you can ask live questions, respond live, all that stuff, see us in person, fail at starting intros and all of that stuff, which will probably happen like it did. Like my gardening. That's right. It'll feel like her gardening. It'll feel like my gardening in all honesty. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. That's what the live shows are for. So if you want to do that, you go like us over there on Facebook, We're going to say that more and more, especially as we get more comfortable doing some live stuff. So stick around. We'll let you know when that is happening. Submit a question if you want to. Subscribe to the podcast. You don't miss any episodes. We drop an episode every single Friday. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, know that we are here for you.